All right, everybody, welcome back to the second episode of our Walk It Out student podcast. Um, I've been looking forward to this. I'm really excited to share with you what um, the Lord's laid on my heart and from the awesome service that we had um, last night in youth. I think this is a really timely message, and I think that this is really something that God has um, for our generation and just for, for everybody for right now. Um, so this is the second um, installment in our Power Ups um, kind of series that we're doing. So we're talking about the Word, we're talking about prayer, we'll be going into fasting next week, talking about worship, and then we're going to end with the gifts of the Spirit. Um, so talking about prayer and powerful prayer, how do we have power in our prayer? How does it go from just being words that we say to words that affect people and the Holy Spirit just uses and, and that God really uses to change lives and, and change situations? Um, so as I was getting ready for this, um, message and, and preparing. Um, Ephesians 6.18 really spoke to me because it says this. It says, pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. That every form of prayer stuck out to me because I had never really been taught about multiple forms of prayer. Um, I, I kind of knew that there was different ways you could pray, but I'd never had it identified, written down, and um, kind of explained to me. And so that's what we're going to do today. Um, this may be a little bit longer um, than our last podcast. I'm going to try to keep it down. Um, but we're going to jump right in to um, what I feel like are the five key forms of prayer. Um, I'm not saying this is exclusive. I'm not saying this is the only way you can ever pray. But as I was praying and where I felt like the Lord led me, these are the five main forms that I think we encounter on a regular basis. Um, and so we're going to jump right in to talking about number one. So number one is repentant prayer. So repentant prayer, um, we find an explanation of that in Acts 3.19. It says, and now you must repent and turn back to God so that your sins will be removed and so that times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence. Now, repentant prayer, I think, first of all, is the most um, common prayer with Christians because it's the prayer that's required to become a Christian. Um, it's the baseline, entry-level, starter prayer that enters you into your Christian walk. It's kind of like your starter pack to get ready to become a Christian. Um, repentant prayer means that I realize I have a problem. I realize I have sin in my life. I realize I need Jesus and what he did for me on the cross answers all of my problems. And so when I pray a repentant prayer, that's a prayer for salvation. It's a prayer to become a Christian. And then also as I mature as a Christian, it becomes a constant way that I live my life so that as things that I might step outside of what God has for me, or, or I may stumble or fall or mess up, or I might get caught up in, in my humanity, that it's a constant way that I pray, that I ask God to cleanse me. The Bible says that Jesus continually cleanses us in his blood. So when I'm able to pray a repentant prayer, I'm able to plead the power of his blood over my life. And so the key thing to a repentant prayer is honesty. I have to be honest with my problems. I have to be honest with my struggles. I have to be honest with myself and I have to be honest with Jesus. He's not just going to force me to become a Christian. I have to say, Jesus, I need help. I need you. And so that repentant prayer, um, when I come at it with an honest heart, when I come at it from a place of, of purity and knowing that I need a savior, that repentant prayer really is a powerful way to enter me in to a relationship with Jesus. The second prayer, and what I feel like is the most common form of prayer, because I think there are people that aren't even Christians that might would tell you they are, either they just know a little bit about Jesus, that they probably pray prayers of blessings on a regular basis. 
So this is John 14, 13 through 14. It says this, for I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And that is how the son will show what the father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name and I'll do it for you. I told our youth group last night, Jesus was such a gangster because he was just like, look, pray in my name. Pray anything you want in my name. He didn't beat around the bush. He wasn't worried about what people thought. He said, look, if you want a prayer answered, pray it in my name. God the Father is going to honor that and it will be done for you. But I think what we miss here is that Jesus isn't just saying, hey, I'm like Santa Claus. And if you write me a list of wishes, I'll grant them for you like a genie out of Aladdin. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, if your heart desires the things that I have for you, then pray those things. And when your heart aligns with my heart and you pray it in my name, those prayers will be answered. But how we've messed up prayers of blessing is we think a prayer of blessing is just praying for our food before we eat with a big group of people or praying that God's going to give us a little bit of money or God's going to give us that new car for our 16th birthday or God's going to give us that, you know, new this or new that or, you know, praying a prayer of blessing over my family or praying that that really cute girl that I like at school is going to come sit with me. You know, we, we pray all those things, those prayers of blessings over ourselves, but they're not even from a pure place. They're not from a place that desires what God has for us. They're, we're praying those prayers from a place of me desiring God to answer everything I want, regardless of what he wants. So the key to having a prayer of blessing answered is I have to have his heart when I pray those things. So when I have his heart as I pray and I go after not just my desires, but what he has, you know, Jesus was praying and he was like, God, if there's any way, if there's any way that I cannot have to die on the cross, that'd be awesome. But if it's your will, I'll do it. And so God honors us when we pray those prayers that God, I would like you to do this, but guess what? If that's if this is not what you want, I'm okay to not have it. Instead of a selfish, why, 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 me, me, me prayer that just makes him out to be, you know, our really rich daddy that gives us whatever we want. So repentant prayer and prayers of blessings are our first two. And that's really where I feel like most people that would call themselves a Christian or say that they are a Christian, I feel like that's where they stop at. I feel like they pray a repentant prayer they accept Jesus, and then they pray prayers of blessings all the time, and they think that's having a prayer life. And so these last three are really getting into a deeper level of what prayer is like and what it looks like. So the next one we're going to go into is warfare prayer. And this verse is gonna uh, that I'm pulling is Mark 9, 29, but I'm going to kind of set this story up. So what happens is there's this little boy who has what the Bible calls a deaf and dumb spirit. He can't talk, and he can't listen, or he can't hear, and... Um, this demon that's possessing him is causing him to not only hurt himself, but potentially hurt other people. And Jesus' disciples are on the scene before Jesus, and they're trying to cast this demon out, and they're just screaming and hollering and doing this, that, and other, and wasting their time. Well, Jesus comes right up, and he commands that demon to leave. And he leaves. And the disciples are like, Jesus, why couldn't we do that? What the heck? You know, they're, they're all been out of shape because Jesus made the demon leave, and they couldn't. And so this is what the Bible says in Mark 9, 29. Jesus answered them, this type of powerful spirit can only be cast out by fasting and prayer. And so we're going to go into fasting next week. But that prayer that Jesus is talking about, what stood out to me in that verse is when Jesus comes up, Jesus doesn't say some big long, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to sleep. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for this food. And then cast a demon out. Jesus lives his life in a way 
that he's always praying. So he's always communicating with God. So then when Jesus gives an order to something that's from hell, it has to listen because Jesus partakes in these last two forms of prayer we're going to go into. So um, first of all, if we're going to have a warfare prayer, we have to have love and we have to have courage. If you don't love the person you're praying for, your prayer is going to be ineffective. I can't just hate the thing that's wrong with them. I have to love them as I'm praying against what's hurting them. And then I have to have courage. I have to have courage that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. But what people forget is that in order for him who's in me to be greater, he has to actually be in me. So this next prayer is how we really make sure that he's what's in us. So intimate prayer is the fourth type. Intimate prayer is Matthew 6, 5 through 15. That's a, a long group of verses. But where we're going to read at is uh, Matthew 6, 6. It says, this is Jesus talking. But whenever you pray, go into your innermost chamber and be alone with Father God, praying to him in secret. And your father who sees all that you do will reward you openly. So what Jesus is saying is, if you really want to touch God, if you really want to encounter heaven, get alone with me. Some translations say, go into your closet and shut the door. That's so important in our walk with Jesus. In order to truly be with him, we have to be alone with him. I used the example last night um, in church. You know, if you try to date a boy or a girl, have your boyfriend or girlfriend, you try to have a relationship, but everywhere you go, you let one of your friends sit in between you. You let one of your friends talk to them for you instead of you talking to them. You let one of your friends sit in the front seat and you sit in the back seat. You're going to have a pretty poor relationship with that person that you like. And for me, in my relationship with God and me trying to have a long time with him, my phone is that friend that gets in the way. And so when I have my quiet time with the Lord, I have to put my phone away. And so some of you might have to do that. It might be your phone. It might be the TV. It might be some of your friends. Whatever it is that keeps getting in the way, if we want to be alone with Jesus, if we want to go to our innermost chamber, into our closet, be alone with the, with the Father, and pray with Him in secret, we have to put things away that would distract us so we can focus on Him. That intimate prayer really requires a true desire to encounter Jesus. If I don't have a true desire to encounter Jesus, my actions aren't going to back up that desire. If I kind of want to be with Jesus, I'm never going to be with Jesus. It has to be the desire that drives me and pushes me forward and makes me want him so that I'm okay to get rid of other things and cut other things away so that I can pursue him. And as I pursue him, I'll be able to enter in to the fifth level of prayer, which is heavenly prayer. In Acts 2, 4, we see that the church, the group of people that loved Jesus, are gathered together in a room waiting on what Jesus promised in the Holy Spirit. And so in Acts 2, 4, it says this, They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages that they had never learned. They were all waiting on the Lord. They were sitting there for the thing that Jesus had promised. And as they were waiting, as they were partaking in intimate prayer, the Holy Spirit showed up. I believe that if we will set apart time to be intimate with Jesus, that the Holy Spirit will come in and touch us in a way we could never imagine. Because no one loves Jesus like the Holy Spirit. And you'll never be able to love Jesus like you can when the Holy Spirit loves Jesus through you. So in order to touch heavenly prayer realms, in order to use heavenly prayer, there can't be any of you inside of you. 
And that sounds crazy, but there can't be any of you in the way. The moment that you're worried about how cool you are or how tough you are as a guy or how tough you are as a girl or how whatever it is, the moment you're worried about that, you're not going to be used. I told the kids last night, I've never seen anybody pray in tongues where I was like, wow, that's really, really cool. You know, there's nobody who has a friend following around that beatboxes behind them and they pray in tongues and it sounds like a rap in another language. That's just not how it works. Chances are you pray in tongues in front of somebody, they're going to think you're a little weird. And you have to be okay to be seen as a little weird if you want to touch Jesus the way we're intended. Jesus was seen as weird by everybody. But the people that were really hungry, they couldn't get enough of him. And so when we touch that heavenly prayer realm, when we pray in a heavenly language, when we encounter that like Jesus has designed for us to, then we're going to begin to see things that we've never seen before. And we're going to begin to have the Holy Spirit love Jesus through us. And that is just such a powerful thing to encounter. The last thing I want to say as I close is this. We have to understand that there is a difference in prayer with purpose and a prayer with power. All prayer has purpose, but not all prayer has power. Just because your prayer has a great purpose behind it does not mean that it's followed or coupled with great power. And what I mean by that is this. Every prayer, the fact that there's a prayer in the first place means there's a purpose behind it. And I think a lot of times when we think of a great purpose to pray, we think that that automatically means there's power behind it. Meaning if there's somebody in a wheelchair at the front of the church or somebody in a wheelchair at Walmart and I go pray for them because there's a great purpose and because God has great love for that person, regardless of who I am or how I work, I can go pray for them and they're going to get healed. Or I can go pray for them and if they don't get healed, it's not my fault, it's God's fault. Well, the thing is, there are tons of things in our life that can get in between us and the power God wants to put on our prayer. In order to have powerful prayer, we have to start with a repentant prayer. We have to have constant prayers of intimacy and constant times of heavenly prayer. If we go back up to the first verse, what um, Paul said, or uh, what Paul says in Ephesians, is he says, pray passionately in the spirit. That's a heavenly prayer. He says, pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede. That's warfare prayer. And with every form of prayer at all times. Paul's saying, don't ever stop praying. Always pray. So I'm going to say this again. In order to have powerful prayer, we have to have that repentant prayer. We have to have constant prayers of intimacy and heavenly prayer. And then, and only then, our blessings and our warfare prayer receive power. If we're just focused on the things around us, because here's the thing, that's what I told our youth. The things around me, they put purpose in my prayer. Who is in me puts the power in my prayer. And when I understand that, my prayer life is going to explode and expound to a place that is going to grow me and grow those around me in such a way that the way I walk out my life, when I'm established on his word, when I'm encountering him intimately because of my prayer life, and when I'm touching the hearts of others through the power of the Holy Spirit in me, through my warfare prayer, through my heavenly prayer, and through the prayers of blessings, and through me leading other people into repentant prayer, There's nothing in the world that can hold us back. And so I want to encourage you this week, as you grow, as you spend time with Jesus, just try out intimate prayer. Make sure you've prayed a repentant prayer. I I pray repentant prayer every time I go to spend time with Jesus. I just say, God, if there's anything in me that's in the way, remove it. I just want to be with you. Have that intimate prayer. 
Go into that heavenly prayer. Just plead for it. Pray that God just takes out all of you and fills them with your Holy Spirit. And here's the thing. There's no pressure. There's no pressure to perform. There's just be have faith and be open and, and want what he has for you. So try that out this week. I look forward to hearing back from you guys. And if you want to, you can contact us. You can email us at W-I-O-I-N-T-L at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at Walk It Out Students. Um, and we would love to hear from you guys. I would love to have you tell me what God's doing in your life. I'd like to feature you on a podcast or something. Um, and I'm just so excited for what God's doing in this generation, in this time. And I pray that he touches you and he uses you and you understand the power and prayer in your life now. In Jesus' name, I thank you. Amen. Yeah.